0: Hello and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the Friendship Podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, because I know I am. Because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Jared Harper, and we're going to do a three-day series called "The Split of the Church Problems," and just kind of talk about the overall, the the body of the church and the denomination, and how we can kind of resolve it as brothers and sisters in Christ. So with this in mind, we welcome Jared Harper. How are you doing, Jared?
1: I am doing absolutely blessed beyond measure. How um, was your day today? Oh, it was fabulous. We had a good time hanging out and uh, able to get some rest and also do some good works, um, spread the word today. So it was a really good time.
0: Um, so. Before we dive in,
1: I think we it's respectable that um,
0: you open us in prayer, Open us up in prayer.
1: Absolutely be my honor. Uh, Heavenly Fathers who come before your throne, Lord. You're righteous and amazing, graceful and, and even wrathful justifiably wrathful throne Lord Uh, we come before you at your feet Lord our face to the ground Lord and we thank you for what you've done by sending sending your son for us Lord that while we are still sinners you chose to die on a cross for us Lord that we don't deserve it in any way shape or form but you make us great you you put light in us you you are the the author of us, Lord, and you are the one that makes us great, not ourselves. There's nothing we can do to ever repay you for what you've done for us, Lord, because our faith is not through our works, Lord. Our faith is without works, and uh, there's nothing we can ever do to repay that. Heavenly Father, we just uh, we thank you for this night. I pray that you just bless this this podcast. I pray that you pray, pray that you bless the hearts of the people listening to this, Lord, and um, I thank you for the the willingness of men to stand up. Um, Heavenly Father, I just pray that we can be a good example for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So, you know, what is your thought on the splitting of the Methodist Church? You know, as you can see right before, um, I sent you, I think I sent you some articles talking about the splitting. And we see this going on not only in the Methodist Church, but also in uh the Lutheran Church. And what are you, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think this is a topic um, specifically that is going to be challenge every single church, um, every single church out there is, has to be dealing with this issue. I mean, to specifically speaking about uh, how they address LGBTQ um, communities and transgender communities and all of the uh, the ABCs, if you call it that or not. But um, I think this is something that uh, is coming down the pipeline for every church that has to respond to it. Um, go ahead.
0: So. So, do you think that's going to hurt? Um, because you see that this push is coming from not only not only the government, but <clears throat> do you think it's because they're being forced um, upon uh, because of the five hundred one c's? I think that that is what's hindering churches are under the five hundred one c because that's being constrained by the federal government. What is your thought? Do you think that's what the cause of it? And that's why they're kind of tied their hands behind their backs?
1: Well, I think this to say that there's only one cause to these issues is uh, discrediting, you know, the human race, because human race always has a, God has created everything good, right? But we as the human race, we're really good at abusing what he's given us and misusing what he's given us, whether it be the construct of marriage, we've actually destroyed the construct of marriage, or a family, how to raise children, we've absolutely destroyed those things. And um, the thing is, is we we have to keep going back to the Bible for, for what that is. And we get too caught up in this idea of division, but as Paul reminds us, uh, we division is both good and bad. Uh, division does divide and, and, and tell us, okay, who are the people actually working and, and living out a Christian life versus, versus the people that are just, um, you know, trying to get by. well, in, in many different ways. And so I would say, yes, the 501c3 has been a, a plan for a very long time to overtake and to abuse and to manipulate the churches for years, uh, because now they're under the foot of the government. Um, and the government determines what they can say, what they can't say, even though, uh, you know, that violates our First Amendment rights uh, as uh, of the Constitution, if you really look down and deep into it.
0: Yeah. Well, because, you know, I've always wondered, I mean, I understand how five hundred three C's, the purpose of it is to like and make sure that they're not taxable and stuff. But <clears throat> regarding that, we see that you know the moment like how the churches are now protected. In order to keep them protected, they have to keep pushing the stuff down. You look at the uh, southern, uh, the Dallas conference, the Southern mm-hmm. Dallas conference, how they officially implement, implemented critical race theory into their congregation or mm-hmm. into their teachings. Yeah, what is your thoughts on? Uh, especially with the Dallas Seminary Southern School where the Southern Dallas Seminary uh, Conference did, do you think that was – do you think they're heading in the wrong direction, or do you think they're trying to appease and try to bring people on their doorsteps or doorways in their churches?
1: Well, I'm going to bring this uh, back to a quote uh, somebody read uh, that was actually – you know, over this debate we started with, right? We're talking about the Methodist Church. We opened with the Methodist Church. Um, And the Methodist Church uh, is the global Methodist Church versus the uh, United Methodist Church, right? They're making this divide between it. One of the quotes was... um, was uh, for an answer of why they are making this divide and they're heading towards accepting everyone is that theologically conservatives, local churches and annual conferences want to be free of division and destructive debates and have to have the freedom to move forward together. And I think that's a very cowardly way to respond to what is actually going on because because the Bible teaches us that we need to be bold as lions, that we need to speak out in truth, that we need to spread the message, but we have to be honest with it, right? We need yeah. to rebuke when it's time to rebuke. We need to educate when it's time to educate. And we need to love when it's time to love. When we do all these things out of love, necessarily. We don't do it out of spite or malice or anything yeah. like that. Um, and so in in responding to the question that you're asking me, this passive response to the homosexual movement, to the LGBTQ community, to the um, uh, uh what is it called? The uh, the critical race theory. Yeah. That's right. So the critical race theory. I mean, critical race theory is an absolute abomination to the Lord with what they teach it. If you ever actually look in the the, the books um, that critical race theory teach it as very aggressive graphic, graphic photos, uh, uh, teaching young children, you know, specifically about uh, intercourse and sex at a very young age. Um, things that uh, are the roles of, of parents and of, uh, of the household. But the problem is, is that's so destroyed, the nuclear family is so destroyed because of this, um, a lot of different reasons, but one big reason, and I not, I'm not trying to beat down parents in this, I mean, they're living in a world that's forcing them to have two parents that think they have to work, uh, think children are a bad thing, and think uh, having a healthy marriage and sacrifice is also a bad thing, even though that is the prime example, uh, sacrifice is the prime example of love that, uh, that Jesus gives us.
0: And see, and if you look at it, you also, see, <clears throat> excuse me, see, that's what it's all coming down to, is that like the attack of the nuclear family. And I can see why they're attacking the church, Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what's sad to see is that the church—you have multiple denominations going along with it. To know that's just like one big Trojan horse. You know, once they accept inside the doors, there's no way it coming out. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so then the other, so then the other topic, or not the other topic, but the other question about the the teachings and stuff is. What is your thoughts on the churches trying to change their message to get many people inside their doors, like teaching, like not from scripture anymore, but just from stories about their personal life, like self-centeredness our preaching?
1: Well, I'm actually, uh, there's a lot of pastors I've listened to, and I'll, I'll probably take some information from them. So I I'm, I have to say that this isn't my information, but I think the way they've said it is, uh, the pastors that I, I, I've listened to um, say it very beautifully is that, uh, the churches, and I, I, I know you said not necessarily to refer to this way, are basically prostitutes to the world. Um, they're looking for how many people they can get in their doors, and and those things, and and. I think the aspect of worship has also changed drastically. The theology of worship has changed drastically from what the Bible teaches it to be. Uh, Worship is now, like you listen to a lot of these songs and they have a lot of mantras and they have a lot of repetitive over and over things that make you feel special. And I'm not saying somebody can't be worshiping God in their heart to these songs, but if you listen to the songs, they're very you-focused, they're very me-focused, they're very I-individually-focused. I need to be saved, I yeah. need to be this stuff the time of worship on Sunday when we go to the Lord is to be worshiping God not ourselves yep. not focusing on ourselves and and a lot of the worship songs are focused on um, and it's not a bad idea um, but they're more focused on uh, bringing Christians to Christ than worshiping our almighty God that has created us which it should be the the latter yep. not not the first one because um, the the local body of Christ the church is defined necessarily as believers So, people who are already believers coming together to worship our God, and to learn and to educate, and come together and be in fellowship with one another. Because it's very evident. Like I've gone to big churches, you -hmm. know, and it's become
0: more of a rock concert. It's becoming more of a concert. And Mm -hmm. to me, I can't get into worship. uh, It's like all like you know, we're one band that comes in from uh, that's very comes to mind is Hillsong, Mm -hmm. and if you look at Hillsong now. I'm not discrediting their songs. And so if you're a Hillsong worshiper, if you love Hillsong, you probably want to tune this out. But here's what I think about Hillsong. I think they are very self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've, you know, their pastor's gotten, like, in big-time trouble for scandals that are coming out against Hillsong. Um, and I also think that um, the, the Hillsong has become more money-driven and it's become more of like, okay, what can we do to, like – Bring in, put in secret messages in to distort God working out and defer you from reaching to God. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Hillsong, they, you know, according to some people I talked to and stuff, they, it's more of a Satan worship. That's what I heard. Is that true, or what do you think about Hillsong's theatrical performance?
1: As far as their theatrical performance, that's just appeasement a of the eyes, right? Um, a lot of people tend to and a lot of a lot of faiths do this where they try to make things to appease to the eyes and I can't necessarily blame them because Jesus had to teach us about the stuff that we knew right? He used bread to exemplify how much we needed him because we need food to live right? But he can't speak of heavenly things because we don't live in heaven We don't know how the physics how the culture how everything works in heavens We just know how the earth so when Jesus came he had to use earthly terminologies to teach us stuff right and so we have to take these concepts and he had to take these concepts and transition into that to say that they're worshiping the devil. I'm not a hundred percent right. I'm not the one to sit here and and say whether they are worshiping the devil or not. I think a lot of their songs, um, have more to do with what I, what I mentioned before is about the, I right, yourself, um, self-seeking self fulfilling, uh, self gratifications, all these things to, to make you feel good. And, and, I can't completely nix that because we are meant to encourage one another, right? But it doesn't—it doesn't promote a mature version of Christianity because in Hebrews it talks about um, after coming back past the uh, the immature versions of Christ, all the little details of of your faith and believing in Him, and, and all these core basic foundations of being Christian. Um, we then have to move past that and, and dig deeper into it. We have to leave the milk and start desiring the meat of the Bible. Um, and so that's a big failure in the churches because people are keeping keeping them at at that milk stage yeah. and not giving them the meat and start like pulling them into understanding and driving to be, hey, there's a deeper God that you need to get to know. Because a lot of people tell me they're a Christian but don't read the Bible, for yeah. example, right? How are you supposed to get to know the God that you're serving without reading the story? that has happened or things that he's done there's no way you can truly get to know him or actually become close with him
0: so would you say that the churches the big theatrical churches I put on performance and mm-hmm. the pastors are like you look at Joel Osteen for instance Benny Hinn, mm-hmm. um, even like multiple of these big big mega churches even your small churches mm-hmm. do you think that when they put those like Hillsong worship songs when they play those and when they sing those songs mm-hmm. Do you think they're meant to stagnate your faith, like make your faith become like stagnant? Like, okay, well, because I've been to some mm-hmm. churches and it's very prevalent on the military base uh, where they put like, they have a worship song, they have a worship team and stuff, and they sing, you know, hill song or mm-hmm. Elevation Worship. But then afterwards, uh, I feel like I've not learned anything, you know, because the pastor does a message and this feel-good message and mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well, I haven't learned anything. I what I didn't get anything out of it. What is your thoughts on those kind of pastors and? Do you think that's what the those songs and those bands are intended to is your right? faith?
1: Well, I think uh the devil and, and demons and the powers that be are very deceptive, right? I think uh maybe the individuals of Hillsong United. I think they are think that they're trying to follow a god and worship a god and. I think uh, all of that is, is good. And daddy. I think their hearts might be in the right places. I've never met them. I've never really read too much about them. So there's no way I can really know that. The only person that can judge the heart is God um, because of that reason. But I, I will say that, you know, in listening to their songs and looking at their songs, yes, um, there's, there's two ways you can go. You can understand that you're serving a God and you're worshiping a God during that time, or you can understand you're worshiping yourself. But it does not call you. To again a mature level of your Christianity, it perpetuates an immature reality of Christianity, um, and it doesn't doesn't promote you to further understand your God and further understand what your role is because you know he he put us on this in Ephesians I believe it's two ten uh, he he created us for good works and that means we have to go out and do things right in his name, uh, in his will. And, and those songs, again, they're, they're healing. Like we need a lot of healing in this country, individual people, because we have, again, the destruction of the family, which then most people come from broken families so much, which adds traumas, adds, adds issues that they come up with. But the problem is the individual person and those songs, they continue to perpetuate the idea that you need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself, right? Right? Not, hey, stop focusing on yourself. Start focusing on other people. Understand that you are so low. God is so great, but he lifts you up and he makes you great. It's through him that you are great, not you at all all, nothing you have done. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're, uh, Billy Graham. I don't care how high of a person you might be or are seen by the world. However you feel about Billy Graham. That's a, that's a different discussion, but, um, I'm just using that as an example. He was, he was very respected, uh, in his, in his life and in his generation. So, um, but what I'm saying is no matter where you are in that, you know, we are lifted up by God, not by our own works and our own abilities. so,
0: so, So the other question then is, um, so you think that the whole, um, you see that the Hill song and multiple, like, we're going to be still on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that self self-centered, Yes, I'm trying to get, get that word. I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that. But do you think that that's what they're trying to say? Okay, you know what? It's okay for you to come out like, you know? gay or it's okay for you to come out as a woman. So do you think that's kind of pushing that drive? I mean, you might not see it, but do you think that's what you're trying to push for because this is coming out in Australia and mm-hmm. you see like all these, you see people like inside those churches and like, okay, I would have never guessed you know, they were, mm-hmm. some elevation worship song, uh, leaders are gay, they're coming out gay and they're also coming out as transgender. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. Yes. Right. And it's very, he's very deceptive. And as far as, as far as that topic goes, um, a lot of people go, you know, have the mentality of like, oh, we have to fight the devil. We have to fight the devil. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in, uh, in Romans, it reminds us that most of our battle is fighting our own flesh. And fighting our own selfish ideologies and our own, you know, wicked tendencies. Right there, there's a reason why we needed Christ. You know, no one can come to the glory of God without Christ. Uh, no one can come to heaven without Christ, uh, without accepting Him as your Lord and Savior first and foremost. Um, in in those avenues, and as far as um, as far as your question goes, uh, understanding that we have a a culture that is extremely extremely confused and destroyed um so confused that they don't even know their own genders at this point and they debate over their own genders or what type of idea uh, ideology they are rather than all of these other deep things that we need to discuss. I mean, you talked about the the destruction of the nuclear family. I don't think that's the the core. I think sin is obviously leads us to that. But you know, uh, since the industrial age and they started ripping fathers out of the household and bringing them into factories for eight, 12 hours a day and removing the fathers from the home that that removed the protector, the provider and the king and the the priest to the homes. Uh, And then they could easily just pick apart the family and and through all these uh, ideologies and other movements. Um, I don't know if I answered your question there.
0: No, you did, you did. Um, and so so you keep on going back and back to the nuclear family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you can you describe the the listeners or thinking okay, what what is a nuclear family like? Mm. Can you kind of describe what the purpose and intended of that terminology is for the listeners?
1: Oh right? yeah, absolutely. I apologize for that. No, um, we always have to define our terms. I tend to forget that sometimes. Um, so yeah, uh, the nuclear family is basically just the core ideology of having a father, a mother, um, and children, right? Nuclear family are like the roles of that. People, people look at nuclear family and are like, oh, you know, nuclear family means, you know, the father, they like this, this idea, this, they have this negative concept of the nuclear family, where it's just the suppression of women or suppression of children or something like that um, and, along those ideologies. And if, and if you, if you, there's something beautiful, if I can uh, turn to it here, but uh, I'm going to try to get to it as, as we're discussing here. But as far as... Um the nuclear family goes. Right? So yeah, it's just having a father, having a mother and having children is the nuclear family. And so destroying that because the father's role by the church and has been given by God, uh, by the church, because, um, we, and this is hard for men to accept. We as men are the bride of Christ, just as though our brides are the bride of us. He is our veil. Um, my pastor was teaching us about the mercy seat that lays over the tomb um that is meant to resemble how christ covers us right just as though christ covers us it is our duty as the man to be the covering for our wife uh the covering of being protect protector provider uh our, the preacher uh the priest right and the king and so um this is kind of mixed with this feminine, over over ideology of this feminist uh, I- ideology, right? And so feminism, when you look it up necessarily, it just says, you know, you're for the equality of men and women. Um, and, and I don't have any issues with that. It's second and third wave fem- feminism that I have an issue with um, necessarily. So if I were to jump to Ephesians here, uh, let's see, and jump into the, the idea of what Ephesians says between the father and the mother... The Holy Spirit. Yeah, risk. Okay, it says, and this is probably one of the verses that every feminist will bring up and get really angry about. Is uh, wives be subject to your own husbands as the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, as though Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. And so most people will see this, and they'll see a different definition of subjecting yourself, right? Submitting yourself is what it usually says. Um, but then I this I usually ask them this question, and I go through the rest like next 10 verses that, that tell us, I'll read it as we go. But as the church is subject to Christ, right? So also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands. Now this is the duties of the husbands, right? The, the duty of the wife is just to submit yourself to the husband, but the duty of the husband is husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And how did he do that? He did that through sacrifice, sacrificing what he wanted, sacrificing his wants and his desires, uh, and, and lining them with Christ because he was Christ, right? He didn't necessarily have to do that necessarily, but he, his, his version of love was, was sacrifice, you know, dying on a cross for us and protecting us and giving us a way to reach salvation and uh, giving us a way to reach heaven and protecting us in the long terms. Right. Uh, And give himself up for her. So it's our duty to give ourselves as husbands up for, for the woman so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word teaching them the word of God, washing them with the word of God, right? Uh, That he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love, and I'm going to say that again, to love their wives, their own wives as their own bodies. Uh, He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does, the church because we are members of his body right now this goes into the church that we're talking about right um the church the the universal idea of the body of christ uh for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is great but i am speaking with reference to christ and the church nevertheless each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Now, the two commands we have here is wives must submit and, sub- and respect their husbands. Submit themselves to the husbands. So when I ask a feminist and I ask them, hey, is this a man? A man that is told to love you is to sacrifice everything he wants for you. Yep. They're supposed to make you wrinkless before the before the church, right? Yep. Wrinkless, you. He's trying to make you it's his job to make you perfect, right? His job to make you wrinkless, his job to be his covering, protector, provider, priest over you. Yep. It is his role to give up everything he wants to be your husband, to be your your covering. And I, I have personally never had any feminist ask answer this, this question in a bad way when I asked them, is that a man that you're willing to submit yourself to? And every woman I've ever presented that to has told me, yes but it's so hard to find that man because now we're gonna get into biblical masculinity. Masculinity is so destroyed in this culture because of the ideology of feminism and this soft man, right? These issues with the transgenderism, these issues with the LGBTQ community, these issues with these things, men should be standing up against these things, not hiding in their houses, not hiding in their churches. You know, we are serving a God and this God says that, that these things are abominations to him. And we should be worshiping him and following him and, and, and being subjective to him. Right? He is our overseer. And we are the overseer as, as men. We are the overseers to our wives. And so that I would say is a description of the nuclear family. And I could go way more off and further into the church and, and how that plays a role into it as well.
0: And that's gonna be a part two for tomorrow, talking okay. about the masculinity of man and how that's, and the attack of it. And also the attack on women Mm -hmm. and trying to distort the, you know, because as interesting as we're going to kind of conclude, as I'm going to kind of do my final thoughts, I find it to be, it's kind of sad talking about um, how like they're pushing all these women's rights, but it's women that are being attacked. Mm -hmm. It's women, you have men becoming just pretty much blasphemy what the role of a woman is and what the role and what their part is Mm -hmm. it's kind of really sad to think about so as we conclude i want you to close us with prayer Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i want you to close us with prayer
1: thank you I, i would like to just add one more thing if i may um with the differences like we get caught up in this idea that we want equality for both men and women right but we we don't add into that equation the differences between men and women. Because mm-hmm. there are massive differences between being men and men. Men are good at certain things that women are not. And women are amazing at certain things that men are not. Because we're not made for that. God made us a certain way to fulfill certain roles. Yep. And so, and these roles are, are go along with that. So I wanted to clarify that a little bit. But okay. thank you, thank you for your, for your kind words. Um, Heavenly Father, as we come before Your throne, I just pray that each person that listens to this, that uh, You just show Your face to, Lord. Whatever they are in in this world, whatever has happened to them, um, I don't know all those little intricacies, Lord, and You, but You do, Lord. And I just pray that that you work in their heart and and you show your face to them, Lord, and you hold them in the pain that they may be feeling from what we're addressing. Because what we're addressing, a lot of people have suffered from the failures of these things, Lord. And it's very hard to trust uh, trust into the way that you built us to be, to trust into that because our culture is so against it. Our culture is against raising children, is against getting married, is against having or sacrificing. It's more of a narcissistic world. And I just pray, Lord, that, any heart that is offended by what I'm saying, that you just work in their hearts, and then you show them that grace and that love and that mercy, and what they need to hear, and what they need to come closer and to grow closer with you, Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, this word that you've given us, Lord, and I pray that uh, that I have and we have glorified you uh, with this discussion so far, and we'll continue to glorify you with this subject, in your heavenly name and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: So with this in mind, I would like to say thank you, Jared, for joining uh, for this three-part series of Church Problems. Mm-hmm. Um, join us tomorrow as we get to talk about what uh, church masculinity. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get that. Masculinity. Masculinity. Sorry, I'm not very good on my English. <laughs> um, and I just want to say um, on Sunday, we're going to talk about the, how do you solve the problems mm-hmm. and what would, how, as brothers and sisters in Christ, how do we, we solve and how we can benefit to counteract Mm -hmm. this attack on the church. Um, With this in mind, I hope you guys have a fantastic day and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Have a blessed day. Bye.